Hey, this is Jen Johans at FilmIntuition.com or FilmIntuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch With Jen and Friends. If Watch With Jen is the studio track, this is the acoustic version. Today we have Candace Frederick, a freelance TV and film journalist out of New York, New York, with bylines at Harper's Bazaar, Playboy, L, The New York Times, Esquire, The Wrap, Essence, TV Guide, Shondaland, and The Huffington Post. Candace is someone I've known for at least 10 years on Twitter. Yes, back in the fail whale days, way before <laughs> there were GIFs and memes. And you can find her at Real Talker, R-E-E-L Talker, on Twitter. And she's often tweeting along with her favorite shows and being her brilliant, hilarious self. She is <laughs> a fellow tall girl. And we've bonded over life and pop culture, and it's been incredible to see her rise in the freelance world. She's a stellar interviewer and has intriguing topical insights on TV and film. And I've especially enjoyed her film festival coverage as well. And as if that isn't impressive enough, when she isn't talking about pop culture, she makes incredible food and posts mouthwatering meal prep photos on Instagram. So maybe we'll get a recipe or two today as well. Candace, I want yeah. to welcome you. And thank you so much for being here today on Watch with Jen. So how are you doing? I'm happy to be here. Thank you. I am doing fine. I'm productive. Um, you know, keeping a bunch of, you know, keeping really busy and um, keeping just creatively stimulated. So that's been fun. And also doing a lot of cooking, which is my usual so I've been kind of keeping the same type of norm normality that I was, you know, before yeah. this month. That's smart to do, actually. Um, and I know it's so weird to be, like, chatting about movies during these circumstances, but I was just so excited to have you on. And I'm, like, the worst cook, so you have no idea how <laughs> impressed I am by all of your cool photos of food. Oh. Actually, the when I got my first apartment, every single one of my friends just bought me a cookbook. It was like, I get the hint. It was unplanned. <laughs> like, they didn't even consult one another, and everybody showed up with a cookbook. It was like, yeah. It was kind of embarrassing, <laughs> but a good way I to... Love it. Yeah. So, I'm always <laughs> watching your stuff and thinking, okay, Jen, you got to get away from just the pasta and make some other things for once. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I started like maybe, um, maybe like two, three years ago. Well, I guess, actually, I guess it's like four years ago at this point, I started doing every single Sunday, um, doing or cooking a new meal to me. Um, uh -huh. and that has been super therapeutic. And I've also just learned a lot about just seasonings and food combinations and really just understanding the art of food, um, uh, a lot more and the culture of food. So yeah, I, I highly recommend it. I, I love it. That's cool. Did you start with like friends or family recipes or just jump online and find some new ones? It's all been online and they're all healthy recipes. Um, and That's really I'm, good. I'm a pretty big like health and fitness advocate. So all my recipes are health forward um, okay. and they all taste delicious. Um, but yeah, they're all, they're all like health conscious. They look it. So, 
Um, so have you been binge watching anything like TV movies? What have you been watching lately? I am currently um, chugging through my binge watch of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I had, I started this over the, over like Christmas break and, mm-hmm. uh, just like, I got really, really busy at the top of the year, like January and February were very busy months for me. Um, uh-huh. and so I kind of lost track of it. And, um, lately over the past like week or so, I've caught, caught it, caught, been able to catch up with it again. And so, yeah, I'm on season six now. Oh, wow. I know I'm behind like a season or maybe a season and a half, but it is hilarious. I love the cast. Me too. Uh, Andre Brower steals like every scene he's in. It's so good. (laughs) He's fantastic. Oh my gosh. They're all so good. But yes, he's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. So which streaming channel do you kind of go for when you're looking for something to watch? Is it Hulu or do you have like a favorite? So I only have Netflix. I gotcha. um, That's the only one that I have. That's my own account. I have, like, my friend has given me her her passwords to Amazon and Hulu. I have yet to really look on Amazon, but I know Hulu I've been taking full advantage of lately. Um, but that's not my account. Gotcha. <laughs> I forget that I have access to it. And so I forget, like, I'm watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine from her account, but the only one that I have is Netflix, so I'm always partial to that. Um, and I'm, start, I'm just kind of starting to get through uh, the Hulu Matrix. I think prior to my Brooklyn binge, my Brooklyn Nine-Nine binge, I was watching um, Broad City. And, oh, man, I was so, so excited <laughs> to go through I that. I love that show. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is. It really yeah. is. I love that show so much. <laughs> You know, it's so cool to see like the young women just there's no need to couple them up or to do any of the same rigmarole we get with most shows with women. Like they just go on yeah. adventures and every single one is just crazy and never fails to make you laugh. I yes. Love oh my gosh. They're so kooky and so <laughs> over the top and ridiculous, but I love them. <laughs> yeah. Those two. But yeah, I'm also the- watching just like like the, cause I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm still writing and I'm at the, at the moment I'm mostly writing about TV. So gotcha. I, uh, I have a lot, like I've been watching very faithfully little fires everywhere and which I freaking love that show. And I was such a fan of the book, so I'm happy that they did so well with the series. So that's one it, of them. Yeah. It's actually like one of the best books I think I've read in recent years and yeah. I'm only on, like I've only finished the second episode, but man, it's so well done. And mm-hmm. the women are just incredible on that show. They really, really are. Like I, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fangirling all over. I'm really happy. Even with the changes that they made from the book, I was just like, Oh wow, that's an interesting change. But Um, really well done yeah yeah one thing I really appreciate about you is your unabashed love of comfort movies like the films we grew up with the burbs pretty woman dirty dancing and I always see you excitedly talking about those and I think it's cool because sometimes film twitter wants to act like you know only 
Scorsese movies exist, which, I mean, he's my favorite mm-hmm. filmmaker. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, everything else is not worthy of being discussed. Or And so I always enjoy that about your Twitter presence as well. Oh, I man. I... Pretty pretty woman, dirty dancing. Um, I don't see the burbs as much. Unfortunately, that doesn't come on TV as much as I would like it to come on TV. Yeah. Um, but pretty pretty woman and uh, dirty dancing. And what's the other one? Uh, Dever was Prada. I'd probably talk about those the most. And Clueless. I'd probably oh, talk yeah. about those the most. <laughs> because one, they come on TV the most. And two, they just have such a special place in my heart. I love I mean, I can recite all those movies. I just think they're so perfect. And they so, really yeah, <laughs> I, I am, you know, I love Scorsese, and I think he's an excellent film, filmmaker, but also um, these movies are also perfect. <laughs> yeah. Are they your favorite comfort movies, or do you have other ones? Like, you know, everybody is discussing right now lists of movies to watch for comfort or feel-good films. Do you... Do you have some you'd like to recommend? I don't do this idea of guilty pleasures because I don't feel guilty about liking any of those movies. Exactly. That's just me. (laughs) I think they're just movies and I don't feel ashamed to say that I like them or that they're bad movies. I don't think they're bad movies at all. Um, But uh, they are, I would say that they're, they're movies that I go to if I need a, pick me up but they're movies I go to even when I don't you know pick me up I just yeah. like them um but that's good when, yeah I mean what I typically go to when I am feeling low are stand-up comedies like I, I go to comedy specials quite a bit like um Hasan Minaj has a really great um uh comedy special called Homegoing Homecoming I'm sorry on Netflix okay. and it's very very good um but yeah, even in addition to like stand-up comedy specials, I watch um, Golden Girls, of course. I, I'm always watching <laughs> Golden Girls. <laughs> That's it's another so one. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a particular favorite like snack you like to watch? Have while you're watching something good, or you know, I, are you? You know, it's funny when I have people here, like because my boyfriend always asks about this. Like, I never have snacks. Like, I'm a I'm a meal person. Like, I like my meals, oh, and gotcha. I don't eat gas. Or like, but <laughs> I mean, I I I just if I'm at somebody else's house, I'm probably always going to ask for snacks just because I know that I don't have to live with it. <laughs> if it's at my house, I don't have like like willpower <laughs> to not eat no. it. But like, if I'm at somebody's house, it's like. Um, definitely some alcoholic beverage is, is involved. <laughs> um, there's like cheese and crackers. There's, um, Doritos. Uh, mm-hmm. if I'm at my mother's house, she'll have chicken wings that she'll bring Ooh. out. Chicken wings and like a ranch dressing. Now that's good movie food for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. A question I get asked a lot, and I think this goes to the discussion earlier about comfort movies and not really caring for the term guilty pleasures because I don't feel guilty either. But the one I get asked all the time is whether it's hard to turn off the analytic parts of our brain and just enjoy something. I do it all the time. I mean, I make the joke that I watch a lot of those Hallmark mysteries with my mom and, you know, these are not great movies, but they're just fun. And, um, I find myself doing that with like some of the old 
trashy action movies from the 80s. I don't know. Do you find yourself, I mean, sometimes it's hard. You think, oh, man, they really uh, didn't do enough with a female character or that kind of thing. But it sounds like you're probably pretty good at shutting that part of your brain off, too. Or do you find yourself constantly thinking this movie's a little bit, yeah, a little bit off? Um, It really depends. I mean, I think... You know, even when, like, the four movies I was mentioning earlier as, like, you know, the movies I've seen the most amount of times, probably. Yeah. Um, I mean, I recognize that there are things that I'm just like, but I, I, I kind of almost, like, I, all those, all those movies were made in a very specific era. Like, Pretty mm-hmm. Woman was made in the 90s, early 90s. Dirty Dancing was made in the 80s. Um, we did, I didn't mention Grease, but Grease was in the 70s. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, th- things like, um... I, I and pretty in pink. I did not mention that, but I can go on and on about that list. But yeah, I mean, there are things that I'm just like, oh yeah, this wouldn't fly today. Most of those movies wouldn't fly today, or they would be gr- greatly like changed. But I do love the, uh, I love the charm and the innocence of a lot of those movies or all those movies. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I'm trying to think. The only time that I'm really, I feel, I find myself a bit more critical, but not really in a, not really in a in-depth way. But I would say when, if I go back and watch older movies, like movies from the 50s or the 60s, I'm a bit more critical only because they're so egregious. <laughs> like some <laughs> of the things that's going on are just so egregious that it's just like, oh my gosh. But I, but it doesn't, it doesn't, like I understand the, the time in which these these movies were made but yeah definitely like they're not beyond uh reproach i mean oh, I, no. I for sure <laughs> i for sure think like i'm trying to think off the top of my head oh i was watching a movie that i really love splendor in the grass and i was just like wow this woman just like got dumped by her boyfriend and she lost her mind is that how it works <laughs> but, uh, it, it, it was just such a huge jump that I, I don't like I think that there were some other things that were going on that weren't totally explored in that but I still think Spend in the Grass is a great movie <laughs> so, Natalie Wood that. is incredible in that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah she is, but I no agree. I hear you I mean like recently Recently, I was talking to somebody about 16 Candles, and oh my gosh, I mean, it's a fun movie, but you think Long Duck Dong, and then the whole kind of creepy, rapey vibe at the end of the movie mm-hmm. where, you know, he's handing off his drunk girlfriend and like, oh, do what you want kind of thing. So there mm-hmm. are these moments that sort of stick out, but overall, sure. I kind of, I agree with you that you do have to think of the time and also just enjoy, like you said, the innocence. And I think those movies all have a really good heart, like their hearts in the right place. And I don't think they're just specifically trying to do what or give that impression. Um, but yeah, it can be a little yeah. challenging. Yeah. I, I will say that the, the racial tropes always give me pause. Um, yeah. Definitely. And then Long Gone. The one from Sixteen <laughs> Candles, for sure. I mean, I, I'm not, I actually am not a big fan of Sixteen Candles. I've only seen no. it once, and I'm always, like, really struggling to remember certain parts of it. So anytime someone brings that up, like, I probably would have forgotten 
about the Asian stereotype or the the drunk girl scene if people just like stop talking about it because now that is all people are talking about (laughs) I forgot about what else happens in that movie all I know is that people forget her birthday I have no idea what else happens in that movie because I haven't seen it in so long and it didn't make that much of an impression on me I mean I was such a I remain such a pretty and pink fan that I'm just like that is movie and the breakfast club like i can tell you everything that goes on in those movies but 16 candles didn't really do it for me no it's not one of my favorites i loved some kind of wonderful that's Mm. i think i mean breakfast club is probably like the best john hughes or planes trains and automobiles but i don't know some kind of wonderful always gets me i love that one i've not seen that one Oh, it's basically the story of Pretty in Pink, just kind of gender flipped. And mm. there's an interesting twist in in this one. So I think you'll enjoy it. It'd be kind of cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Watching them back to back would be fun, too. Oh, this can be a fun exercise. Yeah. Uh, what is it about TV and film that you find so compelling to write about? I love your stuff. You're always coming up with really creative ways of linking topical issues with what's going on in pop culture. And I was just wondering, was there any title in particular that you remember maybe growing up and it was like an aha moment that this is what I wanted to write about? Or did you just kind of fall into it? Or what is it that draws you to it? I, um, so I was... Um, I, I have a degree in journalism, so I've always been a writer and I've been writing, um, for many, many years, um, and went into after college and getting the journalism degree. I was a professional journalist at a women's lifestyle magazine. I actually, I was, um, uh, I had one other job after college. I was a professional job, but it wasn't like, like directly in journalism, but my first like real professional journalism job was at Essence Magazine. Um, which I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually still freelancing for them, but yeah, it was with them. And so I was a writer and editor over there and that was like, really like, you know, throwing, you know, being thrown directly into the fire. And I was writing a lot about like women's issues and very topical and very specifically black women's issues. So I kind of Mm -hmm. have that background and really kind of provoking and confronting, um, things that are going on particularly for women and at the time particularly for black women so that's kind of always been embedded in me for so long Mm -hmm. um and I after leaving there I started really um I kind of pivoted to film only I was only writing about film at the time um and it was because I had just seen at the time I had just seen um Revolutionary Road um Yeah, and I thought that that was such, I mean, like, just an embarrassment of riches in terms of, like, how many different ways you can discuss that movie. You can discuss Mm -hmm. women's um, relations with their husbands and women's rights to choose and abortion and and women stepping out on their husbands and being deemed crazy because they were stepping out on their husbands and the way in which we talk about unruly women back then versus now there's just so many different things that pull away from that movie that it helped me mm-hmm. really look at movies in such a different way to provoke conversation provoke people to really consider content within the lens of a i mean even fictional content within the lens of reality and so 
that or the world in which we live in. And the same goes for, I started writing about TV a couple years after that. And it was the same reason. I don't remember the TV show that did it, but I just remember TV started getting so provocative around like maybe seven, seven, eight years ago, maybe. And, uh, I like was compelled to write about it cause it was just so on you know, it was just it, like it was it was just so good that I couldn't not write about it. Yeah, there was a lot coming out around that time, like Mad Men and Breaking Bad and just tons of other shows. That Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you especially look at sex and gender and race and gender in such eye opening way. I think it's it's vital that we kind of share our point of view. I really admire that I do that or I try to anyway with disability a little bit and women and disability but that is something that I think is so compelling about your work is that you're always looking for that and I think it's it's a necessary voice and a necessary part of the discussion so I love that you're still doing that oh yeah I mean it's something that you know, it's a challenge for me to really think about this in like a broader, in a broader real world view and, um, really kind of talking about it so that, and it's funny, like I'm talking to, um, I had this conversation with my boyfriend recently. He was just like, cause he's very like into like straight hard news. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't like, like, and I don't write about like straight news, but a lot of what I write about has a world war point of view. And that is what draws me to it. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it's, it's always interesting. I think people, you know, can look down at, you know, people who write about film and TV, um, Mm -hmm. because they're thinking about their, you know, writing about some kind of fictitious planet or something. And just like every single piece of art is indicative of some type of real world issue or point of view or perspective. And it's up to us to really call it out and confront it or, or praise it. if if Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Roger Ebert who said writing about film lets you write about everything. And Mm. it's so true. So it is true. um, It's well said. So your boyfriend, is he quarantining with you? I know you mentioned you guys were watching some show, either live streaming it or I couldn't, I don't know. It was something interesting that you guys were doing. (laughs) Yeah, we, um, he doesn't live here, but like we do like this thing where I'll go to his place over the weekend or he'll Mm -hmm. go to my place over the weekend and then we'll do like one other day during the week together. Um, and it's usually just like a lot of TV and and movie watching (laughs) now because that's all we can do. Um, but yeah, it's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I think. Yeah. Well, you were mentioning that you try to keep your set schedule what is your I know being a freelancer means you really don't get a day off so do you kind of keep the nine to five thing still or are you more flexible like how have you adapted to this quarantine oh it's definitely been the same thing for me like working from home isn't isn't like a new thing for me and I feel like I know it's I know it's like a huge like huge big big deal for a lot of people but it, it's not for me I know people are just like oh my gosh how do I focus how do I do this and just like <laughs> this is like and when I say that nothing much has changed in my life in terms of uh-huh. my work life 
Um, except yes, for sure. There's certain like certain things that have slowed down, and the movie situation is completely like collapsed at this point. But um, I usually um, I'm a morning person, so I like to wake up early. Um, I I will say that because I I, I can't go to the gym anymore. I've been doing a lot of um, morning workouts at home. And uh, I usually look at the news in the morning um, after I, you know, work out or whatever. I'll like look at the news. And that's where a lot of my when I share a lot of those links in the morning, it's because I've read all these articles and looked at, you know, my fellow writers and what they're writing about and what and how they're writing about it so that I can be inspired to come up with my own, you know, angles, Mm -hmm. my own opinions and just really um be uh moved by some of this writing and so I share that um and I read those stories and then I you know get started on my day it's a lot of it's either pitching reading or writing that's my day (laughs) and I try to do like I try to start the day the work day at like nine and end at five like I was able to do that today um but uh yeah, there are definitely some days that, you know, January and February were quite busy. Like I was working seven days a week and, and oh, it was man. extremely busy. Um, I was working into the night. I was working till like midnight some nights. So it, it was it was definitely unusual for me. But I mean, I'd rather work than not work. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's it's generally that um, I'm basically been maintaining the nine to five throughout March, I would say. That's good. And I mean, your output has been just as prolific as ever. So whatever you're doing, keep it up. I'm just, I'm so glad to talk to you and wanted to check in for a while now. I mean, I was trying to remember, like, when did we join Twitter? Was it around 2009-ish, I think? Yeah. 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 So got my 10th anniversary stamp from Twitter at the end of last year or something like that. Yeah, I think mine was sometime last year. So it has been so long and overdue for a chat. So I really wanted to thank you so much for agreeing to be on Watch with Jen and Hmm. making time for me, for sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. If you want to teach me how to cook sometime, I'm totally open to that as well. Anytime. I mean, I, I literally just follow recipes from online, like word for word, but I'm happy to send if you're in the mood for anything. Just hit me up. Sounds good. I'm going to link to Candace's Twitter in this post on Patreon. So do check her out if you're not following her already, which why are you not following her? She's amazing. <laughs> and again, I just want to thank you so much. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Jen Johans at FilmIntuition.com or FilmIntuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch with Jen and Friends.